Welcome to Faithful Innovation. I'm Tina Jason. I love learning about the way God's love motivates how people serve the world. Hearing authentic personal stories deepens my understanding of how God transforms regular work and everyday encounters into acts of grace. Join me as I seek out ordinary people in cities, suburbs, small towns, and rural places who are doing extraordinary things. The goal, to inspire a wholesome expression of faith in your life, ministry, or business. Today, I welcome Mifflin Dove to the podcast. Mifflin operates a bookkeeping business where we met because his firm provides services to one of the organizations for whom I provide coaching. Mifflin grew up in Texas and studied accounting at Texas A&M University. He continued his education at seminary in Virginia and served as an Episcopal priest. Today, Mifflin's career has come full circle, bringing him back to accounting and now having opportunity to minister through the relationships in his practice instead of pastoral ministry. Mifflin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tina. Great to have you today. So Mifflin and I have actually never met. The Recording this conversation, we're seeing each other across the computer screen. Um, but I wanted to get us started, if you might briefly share just your faith background growing up. Sure. Um, I kind of grew up in a semi-unchurched home. My parents, we, we went to a Methodist church when I was young, probably till I was about the age of 13. And I was involved. I was an acolyte, and, and they were pretty involved. But um, my father kind of got into some kind of uh, disagreement with the pastor. And, and next thing you know, we weren't, we weren't attending. And really, that was the last time we went to church. But uh, when I was in high school, about age 18, kind of had a spiritual awakening through a friend. I was always thinking about spiritual questions and not sure what the answers were. It's kind of interesting. I remember being about 18 years old and somewhere I, I found a ragged old Good News New Testament Bible. And it's in that really easy to read, paraphrase translation, which is perfect for my age. And I read the Gospel of Mark. It was a very powerful thing. I mean, I, it was like one of these, it's like when you pick up a book that might be really interesting and you just don't want to put it down. That's the way it was. I read through that in a day and just totally opened my heart to the gospel. I started going to church with friends in my age group. You know, I accepted the Lord and it was a pretty powerful thing for me. Just shows that the efficacy of the word, it just works. Oh, absolutely. Wow. And but yeah, in a way, I mean, it really was the gospel of Mark. Well, that's that action-packed gospel that just keeps moving. <laughs> that's right. Well, Mark did his job. <laughs> it worked. You know, he, it worked. <laughs> and, uh, he uh, convinced me that, that Jesus was, was someone to look into further, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that was life-changing. So as you and I got to know each other just a little bit, um, you have an interesting road that brought you to what you're doing today. And one of the reasons I invited you to join me was the open expression of faith you have in your business, hmm. um, Dove Bookkeeping. And what I saw was that you conduct business with a perspective of ministry and vocation as a lens. And I just wondered if you would speak to that as it relates to the thought process of, your de of developing your business and maybe even the pathway that got you here. Absolutely. Um... Before I went to seminary, I, I got a degree in accounting. It's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, when I was in college, I was working on my accounting degree. And during the early time of college, that's when I really became a believer. 
And I was also feeling a call to ministry at the same time. And, and I was rather afraid of that. Didn't really want to go there. And it was, uh, the Lord was rather persistent on that. And it's kind of hard to say no to God. I did finish my accounting degree, but it was short. I mean, I had a very short accounting career because I felt called to ministry. I went to seminary and then I became a priest in the Episcopal Church uh, for 17 years. There was a lot of powerful stuff in that. Um, I did wind up leaving the full-time ministry and that was a really difficult transition. But I went back to my accounting roots. I was always good with accounting. I didn't, I didn't know what to do, really. I was kind of uh, confused, a little lost, starting over in a way. I got to a point where I was very dependent on God, not knowing what to expect, not knowing where to go, spending a lot of time in prayer. The way God connects things is really amazing because I got back into accounting, but I first was looking for an accounting job. But no one really wanted to hire somebody who'd been a priest for 17 years and hadn't really been practicing accounting. So it was not an easy thing. And it was very discouraging. Um, Finally, I realized, well, I'm not supposed to look for a job. I'm supposed to create my own job. I'd always admired people that went into business. The fact people would take a risk, go forward and, and try to do something and kind of do it without seeking employment, if you will, that route. And so Amazingly for me, that was the new opportunity, and I started to uh, put my uh, name out a bit. A CPA firm, local CPA firm, actually found me, and they before I even really got started, they wanted me to come and do their accounting for their clients. So I, I spent a, a year with them. They decided that wasn't the direction they wanted to go. They were a tax practice, and I, actually, I was kind of glad because that freed me up to kind of rebuild, and I got to take some of the clients with me. I mean, they, you know that. They still needed the services, so they followed me. So they were kind of my starting uh, group, and most of them were businesses. Then I connected to a very powerfully faithful Christian CPA. He, he uh, and I connected almost, quote, accidentally, and he and I got to know each other. He started referring nonprofits, and he deals with a lot of Christian ministries and a lot of nonprofits. So he and I were developing this great relationship where he could do auditing and, and tax compliance for nonprofits, which would be like filing 990s for nonprofits and such. And he could focus on that, and I could actually help get his clients in a position where they could actually have decent financials and be able to do that. So we were kind of complementing each other with our skills we're not partners to per se, but we do a lot of work together. We have a lot of mutual clients. He really encouraged me to continue on and, and to step forward. And I'm really grateful for that. When I formed my company, I was very intentional. It was, I prayed about it. I uh, put the documents together in a prayerful way. I, I said, Lord, this is your business. I'm just the steward. So I'm going to hand it to you. And even when I mailed my forms to the state of Texas to incorporate, you know, form the LLC and all, I said a prayer as I dropped it in the mailbox even. And so this was a kind of a neat opportunity. I mean, going forward, just kind of realizing, okay, this is going to be a ministry for me. And I can carry forward and live out my vocation in a way that, that I hope is pleasing to the Lord and is also helping others to connect to him. That's beautiful. What it makes me wonder about is just how you see that playing out in the day-to-day in your business, that complement of the business and ministry together. One thing I've really come to understand is that ministry is about relationships. 
It's a relationship with God and it's a relationship with the people that we encounter day by day. My clients, I, I see them as clients from the business angle. I mean, they are my clients and I'm a professional that serves them and seeks to be very competent and do, do well for them so that they can thrive. But I also see myself as a support to them, that they're children of God and that they are working and seeking to do things, particularly the nonprofits um, are seeking to do things that further his kingdom. And I've been really blessed to be connected with quite a few clients that are in that mode. The relational side of it has been really powerful. One time I actually kind of came to realize when I'm seeing some of my clients, maybe it's because of my pastoral training and just kind of my personality, but we've not always talk in accounting when I see them. I mean, they actually start bringing up things in their lives and, you know, it's kind of like, how you know, seeking some counseling. And I find myself almost providing some spiritual counsel and I guess I feel blessed in the fact that they felt comfortable enough to, to do that. I don't hide the fact that I was a pastor, and I think that they see that and they recognize it. I, I had a, a large church offer me a job. I actually turned them down because the people that I serve rely on me, and the relationships I have with them are such that it's like, no, I will not work for somebody as an employee. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, this is the business, and, and this is the ministry, and, I, and, and it's okay to use them in the same sentence. Yeah, so that beauty <clears throat> of recognizing that you're serving people as clients, but you're also serving people as human beings. Absolutely. And to be able to have that kind of trusting relationship. And I'm sure part of what your clients experience is your care for them as a person and your care for them in the work that they're doing. Somebody said to me one time, relationships develop at the speed of trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people trust you with their money, that's a big layer of trust. Absolutely. And, you know, then to marry that also with that, that trust of people's hearts and who they are as a, as a human I'm wondering just in the openness, particularly on your website, as you have faith and values, just how people are responding to that. You know, it's interesting. Whenever a prospective client calls, I, I never really hear any of them mention that part of my website. I, it's interesting, too. I, I seem to get a lot of hits to my website. Not a lot of calls necessarily, but a lot of hits. When I talk to prospective clients, I, I really don't necessarily open up with that. I mean, it's kind of who I am. When they're first reaching out to me, they're on the business side of, in their minds. They're looking for somebody to do their books. And that's what I'm putting my shingle out to offer. So, but as the relationship grows and, and as uh, they trust me with their money and their finances, you know, I ask them questions. I try to, first off, I, any client I have, I want to understand where they're coming from. What's, what do they want to achieve? Um, it's helpful to know because when, I'm, when you're doing accounting, you want to be able to uh, produce uh, reports that are useful to them and, and, and so by doing so, I'll ask them about what's your, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish in your business or your nonprofit? What, what do you hope to see? That usually opens up conversation. And, and I'm, not, I'm not afraid to bring God into the, uh, the picture, you know, <clears throat> but I don't just necessarily do it right at the minute they call, <laughs> you know, or what have you. I just kind of, uh, I'm just myself, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, I'm, Sure. And uh, what I'm hearing is that, and as people are listening, you know, we don't have to lead with that. I said to somebody recently, it's not like I put a badge on and say, this is who I am, but 
this is who I am mm -hmm. and how we bring ourselves to the world and how we bring ourselves into relationship when it's a natural part of you then it can just be incorporated in that part of aspect of getting to know one another as people in your transitions and forming your business what did you have to learn in the process of getting things started I really learned to just trust God and a lot of my business was started on prayer. I mean, I remember I'd be looking and as you get, when you're building a business, like a, a practice, like I have, there's kind of two phases with a practice. Usually when I first get a client, their books are a terrible mess and it takes time to get them straightened up. And then I kind of, so I kind of call that project mode. And then when I get them caught up and things are in good shape, then I carry forward. And I kind of call that maintenance mode. So what happens is I spend a lot of time on project early on. So I was really busy with my initial clients, just getting them cleaned up and in a good place. But once I did that, the maintenance mode doesn't take as much time. So I was starting to need more clients. And uh, I just pray, Lord, you know, one, I remember one morning I was driving, and I was kind of worried because it's like, gosh, my billable hours are dropping because I've already kind of done the heavy work for these folks. And now um, and then I just started praying, Lord, please send me more clients. And next thing you know, literally, I get phone calls that day, you know, and I hadn't gotten calls in weeks, you know, and it's just amazing how that's happened. But it's, it's really taught me to trust in God. So the scripture that's in my mind is, you do not receive because you did not ask. <laughs> and, you know, when we ask, it's amazing what could happen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Never hurts to ask, that's for sure. <laughs> the worst God will do is say no, as far as I know. But, uh, but absolutely. Um, asking God, if it's in his will, he'll definitely grant it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. In your journey, who provided counsel along the way? And you made well, a pretty significant transition. I did. First off, my CPA friend. It was kind of interesting approaching that because he's a CPA. He's, he's been that way, but he's also wrestled with calls to ministry. And I think he was fascinated when he first met me because here I was a guy who was in the ministry trying to become an accountant. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's kind of looking at it and going, well, I don't, you know, I've been, you know, we, so we had a lot of interesting conversations that way because, and he really kind of helped me understand things a little better because we, from our different perspectives, kind of meeting in the middle and he was kind of interested in my side of the fence and I was interested in his side of the fence. We kind of both realized that we can work both sides of the fence at the same time. And that's what we both do. I, I mean, we both are pr providing ministries and we both see it that way. He certainly uh, was a very big help providing good advice and, and we'd have some great lunches together and, and just kind of spend hours talking about that and sharing our faith and building each other up. It makes me wonder how just that curiosity on both sides, how your story has impacted him uh, and maybe how he conducts his business. When we would talk, he was wrestling with the ministry we really were kind of giving each other mirror help in a sense. I mean, I was actually helping him to see what he was doing was really a ministry and to see it more that way. And he was helping me to see that doing accounting could be more of a ministry than I was thinking. So we were both kind of meeting in the same place, but just kind of coming from different directions. But both of us really benefiting from that perspective of the other. And so it helped me to kind of see, yes, I can be an accountant and, and do ministry. Mm -hmm. I can I can make an impact in people's lives spiritually for God, and I can do accounting and try to do the best I can 
you know, for my client in that way. So ministry is not sequestered to just inside the church. Exactly. You, you know, and having been a pastor, one thing that was kind of interesting is I realized I found myself in a bubble in a way. I was around church people all the time. Once I left the ministry and I'm in the world, I've, I remember thinking about it in some ways, and I'm not diminishing ordained ministry in any way because it's very vital and very important and the people called are special. In some ways, in the first couple of years of my practice, I felt like I was doing more ministry. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we talk about outreach as pastors, we, you know, getting out in the community. Well, I was doing more of that in my first two years than I felt like I did in years as a pastor. If that makes sense, you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense. So when I, when my children were little, I had an aerobic, I had bought an aerobic franchise. And so I was conducting classes and I had a ministry field right in front of me all the time because you know, people tell you their joys and their sorrows and their woes and all of those things. It's just the course of natural relationships. And as I was feeling called to quote ministry, I, I was praying for the Lord to give me an opportunity to work in the church. And so eventually that came about. I studied, I got a degree. I, I'm, I'm not ordained, but I worked as a director of Christian outreach in a church. I probably wasn't in that call for a month before. Well, I should back up and say, and all the while, while I'm feeling this call and getting prepared, I'm praying for the Lord to give me this, this doorway into the church. And then a month into it, I realized not that I had made a big mistake, but I started praying for the Lord to let me out of the church because of just that reason. It really was apparent to me the bubble that there can be and how I had that mission field right in front of me to really approach our lives from that sense of vocation that we are called to minister to people and we can do that wherever we are in whatever role and responsibility, the places that we are. In this transition, what just what are some of the adjustments you feel like you've had to make? Well, I mean, it was a big change going from pastoral ministry to accounting. I mean, it, it's a totally different approach. When I was a pastor, I didn't really want to mess with books. I thought that was out of my, you know, I, even though I had an accounting degree, it's like, I didn't want to, <laughs> don't show me the financials, please. You know, that was kind of my attitude. Now I, as an accountant, it's like, that's what I, that's, that's my focus. And I kind of learned that bridging the two, I had a skill set as a pastor, I have a skill set as an accountant, and, and not just being a pastor, don't, don't get me wrong, as a Christian, I don't want to just focus on pastor, you know, you know what I'm saying? As a Christian, as a person of faith, I have a skill set. I was fortunate to have a seminary education, but you don't have to have a seminary education to do ministry. Learning to use my skill sets together, complementary. Is kind of how I've looked. And it really is helpful because churches, especially with my nonprofit clients, I, I understand the challenges. I mean, churches are nonprofit organizations. Realizing that I, I can get into this, the shoes of some of the people who are leading nonprofits and understand maybe some of their challenges and some of the things that might worry them or, or concern them. And, and, and I find that sometimes I'm able to help with that, giving them some perspective because of my own experiences. So you've touched on uh, some bits of what I'm going to ask, but I'm, I'm just wondering if there are other aspects of where you're seeing God at work through what you're doing. One thing that's really powerful is to see some of my faith-based clients and, and seeing where they're going and what they're doing and how they're growing in what they're doing. 
I see the Lord at work with them. You know, I, I play a small role in kind of supporting them. I mean, my goal is just let them focus on what they feel called to do. You let me get your books right, you know, because people don't start nonprofits so they can just stare at financial statements or worry about those things. So I try to free them up so they can focus on what they're called to do. I'm practicing my vocation to help them practice their vocation. And so how can I compliment and support them in that? So a lot of what I do, I feel like it's is from behind the scene. And I realize too, and I've learned this very much that, and I think this is important for all people of faith, of, of the Christian faith. And that is, don't look to people who are pastors to do it all. You have a specific set of skills God's giving you, talents and abilities that only you have in the mixture that God has given you the benefit of having. There's a biblical principle, and the idea is that when we're blessed, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're not just blessed for, just so we can feel good and happy. We're blessed so that we can help other people be blessed. I try to practice that, and I try to institute, how can, how can my practice, my, my work, my ministry be a blessing to those I serve? Mm-hmm. And, and I try to emphasize the idea of servant, servant, being a servant. And what I'm doing is very much behind the scenes, kind of out of the limelight, but realizing how important that is because, you know, you don't have to be out front and being seen by everybody to be making a difference. You can really do a lot. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand because, you know, sometimes you might have somebody, suppose somebody is very introverted and somebody, you know, well, I can't do much for God. Look, you know, I, I'm shy or whatever. I mean, well, no, no. God can use that, you know, God can use whatever gifts those people have to do things. You don't have to be out front being the leader. I have to imagine even just having the perspective that you have in the natural way, you probably integrate that into conversations with your clients, maybe even enlivens in them something that they hadn't ever thought about before. When I first was looking at my practice, I I thought it was just going to be strict accounting, but in a way, it's really kind of accounting and consulting because I do find I make suggestions sometimes. I'm not afraid to kind of do that. I try to offer perspective. I, I call that a, offering it with an open hand. There you go. There you go. <laughs> not, not assuming I'm right or anything like that, but maybe just throwing an idea out there that might be outside their box mm-hmm. because I'm in a unique place where I can kind of sometimes see some blind spots that maybe my clients don't see. Mm-hmm. And so I can maybe point in that direction and say, hey, have you thought about how this aspect of your, of your ministry might benefit if you do more of this or, you know, things like that? Sure. I'm wondering what lessons <clears throat> that some of the people you serve have taught you. One thing that, that I've noted is I've, I've seen great faith. There's one lady, she has a, a nonprofit ministry it provides clothing to those in need. And she started it from scratch. Amazingly, it is in a period of four years, it's grown into a very successful ministry, reaching out to thousands and thousands of people. And I've been able to watch and learn from her. This is a, a, a woman who's a lot younger than I am. She's very charismatic. She's, she's got the ability to connect with people. And, and um, she's taken the gifts God's given her and she is she is just blessing other people. So I learn from watching them. Even with the people, my business clients, 
you're taking a risk anytime you start anything like that. Starting something new like that, where you're kind of in the self-employed mode or you're, or you're dependent upon donations or what have you, that takes risk and that takes courage. I take heart in seeing these people willing to take these risks and do these things and then to see them succeed. I have one business client. He started his business. He's a real good guy. It's been a struggle for him. And now he's finally turning a corner. But I, there are times when I'm watching him and thinking, gosh, I would have quit a long time ago. And he, he was hanging in there and he's starting to see it pay off. And that was a learning experience for me to kind of see perseverance. <laughs> there, there is a lot of value in being willing to persevere, even when things maybe look bleak. And seemingly having that clarity of a long-term vision and just being persistent to be able to learn and work through the challenges to get there. What are you mm-hmm. learning about yourself in the journey? Again, it, it kind of goes back to vocation. I'm learning that I've learned that you don't have to be a minister, a pastor, an ordained person to be effective doing ministry. I used to preach that to people in my congregations. but. To be able to kind of walk their walk, it, it, it's helpful to see, see more of that. How does that really work? I've been learning uh, patience. I've been learning to listen to others more, to realize that we can learn so much from people around us. And I find that when I take that approach of not thinking I'm the smartest person in the room, but that, that in, if I go into any room, I can learn something from every single person there. It changes the way you see the world and you realize and appreciate other people. I think when we open our hearts in that way to where we realize that we can learn from others, we truly will learn, that we truly will grow. It's sort of finding what you're looking for, right? It, when, you, when you enter in with that perspective and uh, enter in saying, I'm, I'm going to learn something from the people around this table today, usually we can find something to learn, even if it's something small. Exactly. Sometimes we might have a tendency to think, well, we, we come and we're bringing what we have. And I mean, it's, it's easy for us to kind of focus on, on that. But I've kind of, like I say, when I was a pastor, everybody would kind of come to me for the answers, you know, and one of the roles of pastor is teacher. But I kind of learned, too, that, that being a teacher is one who learns. I mean, you, teachers are people who are learners because you have to learn before you can teach. So learning is the fuel for teaching, really, when you think about it. That's a great frame. Learning is a fuel for teaching. Absolutely. What are you learning about God in this journey? I am learning God is always faithful, even when, even when we're not. <laughs> that God is always there. He's always moving forward with his plans. And I trust that. I, I think that God knows I mean God, I know that God knows his plan he knows what he wants to accomplish and do through us and I think even when we mess up and we kind of get off course if we just if we just open ourselves to him he'll he'll kind of nudge us in the right direction that's a really reassuring thing when you think about it to know that uh, God is guiding things along before you talked about uh, as entrepreneurs that being risk takers of not mm-hmm. knowing where your paycheck is coming from or being able to start those kind of new things and to rest in that assurance of God's faithfulness, even when you can't see necessarily where it's coming from, 
Mm-hmm. I think as it does come, it just, I imagine it just deepens that sense of assurance of the provision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of, the, one of the dangers is, and this is really something that I've struggled with and, at times, is when things are going well, this is human nature. When things are going well, we tend to feel like we don't need God as much. It's when things are not going so well, we tend to reach out to him more, you know, and have the save me kind of thing. But once we're on our feet, we're like, oh, you know, I'm fine, you know, and, and, and kind of rec- recognizing the challenge, I think, is recognizing we need God all the time, 24-7. Even when things are going well, we need God, and not to forget that. What are the disciplines you have to stay mindful of that? Prayer. Prayer is key. I have a pretty active prayer life, and, you know, there's not a day when I'm not praying and asking God to guide my day when I'm trying to make decisions or deal with situations or, try, you know, try to know what best to do. Um, I, I do read the scriptures. There's just so much wisdom in God's Word. I love reading Proverbs and different wisdom literature parts of the Bible, and those disciplines to me are, are pretty powerful and important. It's you know, being, prayer, prayer and study of God's Word, I think, are both pretty important aspects of being in touch with God and growing. And then, then of course, putting those things that we gain in action, you know, the practicing and living out the faith that we have. The first podcast I recorded, a gentleman I was talking to said he, he thought God was the originator of the Nike version, just do it. <laughs> he said, you know, we're not to just be hearers of the word, we're to be doers of the word. And it is that mm-hmm. faith and action that really is how it all ties together. One of the intentions of these conversations is just to encourage people and inspire them to live their own wholesome expression of faith. And so if you would give a word of encouragement to somebody feeling a nudge from God and feeling timid about what that bold step for them might be, what word of encouragement would you provide? I would say, if you seek to do God's will, if you, if you feel that God is nudging you to do something, take action. If it is in accordance with God's will, he will bless it and it will happen. And trusting in that will be a blessing. And that blessing will bless others as well. I, I think that my, in my own experience, I've, I've learned more times than I can count that, you know, there are always going to be ups and downs. Any new challenge is scary. Getting out of your comfort zone is, can be frightening. But what I have learned over time is when you step out of your comfort zone, eventually you'll be comfortable in that zone. And then you can just step out again. But it's not easy to do. It's kind of like jumping into a swimming pool, (laughs) you know, on a hot day, it might feel pretty cold getting in. If you just take a leap of faith, um, God will catch you. If God's going to nudge us to do something, and it's truly from Him, He's not going to want us to fail. Why would God do that? (laughs) Those are such true words. God does not want us to fail, especially if it's something really from Him. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. I think another piece of that that I heard you talk about also was that it wasn't all alone. There were others who came along in the journey who provided encouragement and support and perspective and, and even partnership, even though maybe in the long term, those partnerships didn't maybe materialize with the original vision, but it still was a mutually beneficial relationship as it all developed. Yes, absolutely. You know, I tend to find that when we work with people, if we always seek to have a win-win mentality, how can, how can I help them win? 
focusing even more on that, you know, how to help others succeed. When others succeed that you're helping, you're going to succeed. It's, it's just a, to me, it's just kind of like a natural outcome. Somebody gave me a beautiful frame once they said, and it, this was particularly around a grief conversation, but I think it applies to this too, that when grief is shared, it's kind of like it's cut in half. And when joy is shared, it's doubled. Yeah, and, a- you know, to think when you, when you serve your clients well and they're achieving their results, ultimately you're achieving your results too. And it is that double share of joy that's happening when it's all, mm-hmm. when it's working. And even when maybe it isn't working, you're in it together helping to move it forward to problem solve and to care and hold one another, even in those difficult struggles sometimes that we need to work through in business. Mifflin, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they reach you? Well, I do have my website, dovebookkeeping.com. Very good. Well, I really thank you for this conversation. Uh, My hope through this whole podcast journey is to share just different glimpses of how people are living out their Christian faith in just normal everyday ways and to encourage others to do the same. So I really thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Tina. It's been a real pleasure. Today we heard how Mifflin's story comes full circle from studying accounting in college to serving a call from God and pastoral ministry and ultimately back to accounting, but this time with a ministry perspective. When we open ourselves to God, he nudges us in the right direction. Any new challenge can be scary just getting outside of our comfort zone. But when you've been there a while, you'll eventually be comfortable again. Another nugget Mifflin shared was, when we're blessed, we're blessed to be a blessing. Our work is to help other people be blessed. You don't have to be a pastor or someone who's out in front to make a difference. God can use whatever gifts someone has right where they are, because ministry is about relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Maybe your career took a turn or came full circle in such a way that has given you a unique perspective. If so, I'd love to hear your story. Our private Facebook group is where we continue the conversation. So if you're comfortable, that's a great place to share. Or send me an email at hello at faithfulinnovation.com. And if you or someone you know has a story to share, I encourage you to reach out to me. Just send me an email or a note through the Facebook group. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed listening, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And if you'd like to leave a rating or review, it helps other people find us. So make it a great week and find your unique way to share the love of God with the people you encounter. Bye for now.